Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, China is set to launch the Shenzhou 17 spacecraft on Thursday, its latest manned space mission. High-level discussions between China and the United States continue as Chinese leaders meet the governor of California in Beijing. Calls for a peaceful end to the Israel-Palestine conflict have topped the agenda of a recent UN Security Council meeting. We start with China's latest manned space mission. The Shenzhou-17 spacecraft is scheduled for launch on Thursday. Crew members Tang Hongbo, Tang Shengjie, and Jiang Xingling have met the media ahead of their voyage to the Chinese space station. Wu Lei has more. And just now, the Shenzhou-17 crew uh, meet the press and the, the Shenzhou-17 crew. Uh, Commander Tang Hongbo and uh, the other two Takonauts, Tang Shengjie and uh, Jiang Xinlin, uh, they have given us uh, many details about their missions aboard China's space station. Uh, for example, uh, Tang Hongbo will be the commander and uh, he will uh, lead the other two Tagonauts and finish a lot of uh, space walks, uh, space experiments in the Chinese space station. Jiang Xinlin, he will conduct uh, several uh, space experiments and also uh, uh, space walks. And we don't know how, uh, when will they conduct the space walk, but uh, a lot, some space walks will be carried out during this stay in Chinese space station, six-month space station. And uh, at last, uh, Commander Tang Hongbo have encouraged uh, youngsters uh, across the world that uh, you have to chase your dreams and uh, when you want to uh, be an astronaut or work in the space sector, you have to work hard and uh, pursue your dreams in the space sector. And uh, I can feel that uh, the Shenzhou 17 crew are really confident and the uh, uh, they have very good condition right now. They are ready for the upcoming six-month stay. That was Wu Lei on China's latest manned space mission. Staying in China, Chinese President Xi Jinping and Foreign Minister Wang Yi have had separate meetings with visiting California Governor Kevin Newsom in Beijing. Newsom, who started a week-long visit to China on Monday, is placing a particular focus on climate action during the trip. The governor has been taking interest in Chinese solutions to tackling climate change and the transition to green development. Dong Xue has more. Senior Chinese diplomat Wang Yi hosted the visiting California Governor Gavin Newsom while he's currently on a week-long trip to China. In the opening remarks, both sides have expressed willingness to re-engage amid the deteriorating bilateral ties. Wang Yi said Newsom's visit to China lays a solid foundation for future engagements and reaffirmed that such visits serve the best interests of the American people and they are also in line with the expectations of the international community. Wang went on and said uh, the visit will not only promote mutually beneficial cooperation between China and California to a new level, but also enhance the mutual relations between China and the United States more broadly and play a, an important role in promoting the bilateral ties. And Newsom, on the other hand, said he's here in expectation as Wang suggests to turn the page of renewing the friendship, re-engaging on foundation and 
fundamental issues that will determine our collective faith in the future. Newsom began his visit with a climate-themed discussion at the University of Hong Kong, actually. And ahead of Beijing, he has visited uh, Hong Kong, and he will continue his trip to Shanghai and the provinces of Jiangsu and Guangdong. And in Shenzhen, um, days ago, uh, in Guangdong province, he visited the first Chinese city to deploy an all-electrical bus fleet, and he also toured an offshore. He will also be touring an offshore wind facility and see sees a wetlands in preserves in Jiangsu, and he as at the same time he will also sign agreements with leaders of Chinese provinces to set mutual commitments on a host of uh, climate goals. That was Dong Shi on California Governor Gavin Newsom's visit in China. Turning to the Middle East, calls for a peaceful end to the Israel-Palestine conflict have dominated a recent United Nations Security Council meeting. Many officials expressed concern about the deteriorating humanitarian crisis in the region. Meantime, Israel has called for the resignation of UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres over his remarks about Israel and Palestine. Jody Jacobs has this report from New York. It was a tense session at the Security Council on Tuesday, its fourth meeting since the start of the war between Hamas and Israel. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence, their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. While pleading with the Council to protect civilians and UN staff and help end the violence, his comments and his overall speech didn't go down well with the Israeli delegation. Obviously, our government will have to uh, to make to reassess the, uh, our relations with the UN and its officials that are stationed in our region. Two Security Council resolutions calling for an end to the conflict have already failed. The Palestinian foreign minister urged the council to save lives, saying its continued failure was inexcusable. Is it not the Security Council's duty to maintain international peace and security and preserving the principles and purposes of the UN Charter that have guaranteed to our peoples to save the generations from the scourge of war and taking these joint and effective measures to prevent the causes that threaten peace as per the principles of international law and justice? Or is it difficult for your Security Council to uphold its responsibility and its mandate and resolutions without selectivity or double standards? This was a sentiment echoed by many Arab states. The U.S. has put forward a new resolution which Russia says it will not support. China has urged Security Council members to unite around one resolution and to bring peace and stability in the region. It says the eyes of the world are on this chamber and decisive action needs to be taken sooner rather than later. That was Jody Jacobs at the UN headquarters in New York. In Gaza, the Israeli military dropped leaflets over the enclave on Tuesday telling Palestinians to provide information about hostages held by Hamas. One of the two Israeli hostages released on Monday spoke to journalists for the first time. John Gambrill reports. 
We've heard from this 85-year-old who was one of two elderly women released by Hamas in what they described as a humanitarian release. Now, she spoke to journalists in Tel Aviv with her daughter alongside her, and she just described a day of horror when Hamas poured over the border from Gaza on October 7th, taking her and some 200 others hostage. She described the militants grabbing her and spiriting her into the Gaza Strip. There, she described young men beating her briefly with sticks, but then said she was basically treated well through the rest of her two weeks in captivity. Let's listen to what she had to say to journalists. I've been through hell, which we never imagined or thought we'd get out of. They rampaged through our kibbutz, kidnapped me, laid me on a motorbike on the side, flew with me through the plowed fields. They blew up the fence. There was no difference in kidnapping the elderly or the young. Now, one thing to keep in mind as well is her comments and how she's uh, behaved since being released has kind of drawn the ire of some Israelis. There's some here in this country now who are very upset after this Hamas attack that killed some 1,400 people. They want to see Hamas dismantled. They want to see military action in the Gaza Strip. But when this woman was released, there was footage that Hamas released alongside it showing her turning to one of the militants and saying shalom or peace in Hebrew and reaching out to him. Her husband still remains held by that militant group in the Gaza Strip. Meanwhile, French President Macron visited the Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas. Macron's visit brought a little bit of a protest from some Palestinians who were upset that he came to see Abbas after meeting with Israeli officials. Now, one thing to keep in mind as well is it kind of underscores the challenge that the international community has in dealing with the Palestinians. Abbas's Fatah party was thrown out of the Gaza Strip 15 years ago by Hamas, and there's some that believe the 87-year-old doesn't even have the power to rule in the West Bank right now. Meanwhile, Macron's comments while meeting with Netanyahu also have raised eyebrows in Israel. They pointed to the fact that Macron mentioned this idea that somehow they could reconstitute the anti-Islamic state uh, group of nations that fought against that militant group to push them out of Syria and Iraq. And the reason why that's surprising is because there's a lot of Muslim nations that are involved in that group. And right now, many in those countries are upset by just the pounding Israeli airstrikes that have targeted the Gaza Strip. That was John Gambrill in Jerusalem. Finally, in North America, U.S. Republicans have nominated Congressman Mike Johnson to lead the House of Representatives. The decision comes after Congressman Tom Emmer dropped out just hours after his nomination. Johnson is the fourth Republican this month to win the party's nomination for the Speaker's chair. It's unclear whether he will become the latest hopeful to fall victim to party infighting, which has paralyzed Congress for over three weeks. Benji Heyer has more. Well, things move fast in Washington, don't they? Tom Emmer had the support to be the nominee, the third speaker designated for the Republican Party in as many weeks, but simply not the numbers to actually get the gavel. And from the off, his bid to become speaker looked to be on the verge of collapse. He needed about 217 Republicans to back him were this to have taken to the House floor. He seemed nowhere near that. Significant opposition within the ranks of the Republican Party, with dozens of lawmakers refusing to put their name by his. And then I think the nail in the coffin came in the middle of the afternoon on Tuesday when former President Donald Trump put out on his Truth Social platform uh, that uh, voting for Emma would be a mistake and that his candidacy was effectively finished. That turned out 
to be true. He pulled out the Minnesota congressman after just a couple of hours. And uh, now the Republican Party are back to square one, trying to find the replacement for Kevin McCarthy, who was ousted weeks ago. They've already gone through two other speaker designates. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, none of them making that 217 threshold. And the chaos that we're seeing engulf the Republican Party comes at a critical time for American democracy on the first hand, considering that on the horizon in a couple of weeks, Congress will hit another deadline for a government shutdown. And then on the global stage too, Israel and Ukraine are fighting their own wars and are urging representatives in the House behind me to uh, fund uh, aid packages for them. That cannot be done. In fact, no legislation can be passed without a speaker at the helm. And so time is running out on a number of fronts now for Republican lawmakers to coalesce around somebody, anybody that they can back to fill that vacant seat of power and fill the role that many lawmakers call the worst job in America. That was Benji Heyer reporting from the U.S. Capitol. Recapping today's headlines. China is set to launch the Shenzhou-17 spacecraft on Thursday, its latest manned space mission. High-level discussions between China and the United States continue as Chinese leaders meet the governor of California in Beijing. Calls for a peaceful end to the Israel-Palestine conflict have topped the agenda of a recent UN Security Council meeting. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.